0: Welcome back to the Trauma Therapy. Today we're going to talk about how everything you know is wrong. How does that make you feel?
1: I don't know how you've come up with such a title. I've given it much thought and still couldn't give an answer.
0: That's the correct answer.
1: (laughs) Thank you. As flat as I
0: am. As what? I thought you said sloven. Flatt- flattened. Flattened. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you know, I sometimes like to flatten
1: people. Flattered. What's the word? Oh, I thought flattered. you said
0: flat. Oh, flattered. You're flattered. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I I, I, you're <laughs> flattered. First, I, first I said
1: flattened, but then I thought that's not the word. So I then come up with flattered, which is more appropriate.
0: Well, you know, we have... Uh, Uh, A few listeners, subscribers who are interested in words and the etymology of words, and one of our subscribers, RalphieBoy25, uh, he also has his own uh, YouTube channel, and uh, Mark Stevens uh, has a YouTube channel called Mark's Station, where he talks about trains and bridges and lots of great stuff, but... uh, uh, Ralph Ralphie boy 25 was commenting in an earlier episode about how the Black Sea got its name and the Red Sea got its name. So uh, maybe some of y'all can go back and take a look at that. I uh, sometimes drive around Dallas and they have these little boxes that are they're they're made out of wood and they're on a stand, like you know, kind of like a mailbox, and it's called the the little library. And there's an association where you write away, you write to these people, I don't know, you give them $25 or something, and then they give you a number, like your, you know, uh, little library box 1004, and you get your little, you know, tag, and then you put your library box in your yard, and then you just uh, list it on your social media that there's this library box at the corner of fitzhugh and ross and so people drive by and they put in two books and maybe they take out a book or maybe somebody had a a dvd or a cd mainly mainly it's books but i was driving around and i chanced upon uh I, I, i i i I think I was going the wrong way. I mean, I thought I was supposed to take a left, but I took a right and kind of ended up going into this little cul-de-sac. And I saw a library box there. I was thinking like, this is, this is amazing. I, I just love, love these little synchronistic discoveries. So I got out of my car and I always carry books with me that I want to give away or switch out. So I opened the box and there was a book called Everything You Know Is Wrong, The Disinformation Guide to Secrets and Lies. And there's articles written by all these fabulous people. So I thought, wow, this is great. So I took that one out of the, the little library book, and I think I put in uh, the book Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss, and I put in The Ugly Duckling, a little children's book, and then I got another book out of that box. It was called "Exercising History," not as in you know gymnastics, but as in uh, like casting out spell, spells, exorcizing history: The Argentine Theatre under Dictatorship. So we have another subscriber, uh, Martin, and Martin is actually originally from Argentina. And his wife is very, both of them are very interested in synchronicity and Carl Jung. So I was pretty amazed to find this book, Everything You Know is Wrong.
1: Well, now I'm interested. There you go. Maybe I should download PDF version or buy, the, um, buy it off of the Amazon. They, uh, they sell those Kindle editions. very convenient. You just pay and you get it in a minute. You don't have to. <laughs> Wait for the hardcover
0: Yes And, and listen to this This is um, It is a collection of essays And it's edited by this fellow Named Russ Kick R-U-S-S Like in Russell or Russian And his last name is Kick I get a kick out of his name But he dedicated his book To my grandmother Aurora Kick who nurtured my love of language, helping to turn it into the skills of writing and editing. And I just think that's, you know, just uh, a beautiful dedication to his grandmother. And uh, we've talked before about grandmothers and how they continue to influence, even though we're adults now, maybe some of our grandparents have passed on, but, you know we're living in a time where there's news fake news you know lies spies um it, it it's just interesting how much uh information is out there and we tend to get our news from different places where where do you get your news from what what, what kind of channels or subscriptions it's where, where do you get your news
1: I don't read any newspapers anymore. Uh, Why? I haven't read the newspaper, the paper-based, the paper-based newspaper for years. I don't know, probably because of the internet, it's more convenient. There are people who love hard copies. Uh, I prefer the table, uh, tablet, sorry. Um, All the newspapers, all the mass media are there, but I don't really, you know, chase the news as uh, as I used to. Uh, I think... um, for instance like cnn or bbc or any other media even here domestically i don't really trust them i think they're um what's s-kewed. the word
0: uh, s-k-e-w-e-d yeah. skewed which means
1: yeah and then, is there is another one um anyway you got me right so lately i found also there is so many if you go to the internet you will see so many new new sites and some of them as you said fakes and some aren't, it's very hard to navigate. Uh, And uh, somehow you have to apply the common sense to understand uh, what is really going on. I don't know who rules uh, or who governs governs this.
0: Um, Well, you know, Marshall McLuhan said, uh, the media, medium is the message. So who controls the, like, you know, who controls the newspaper who controls the printing press who controls who's the editor-in-chief they're the ones what their agenda is is what they will publish now i personally believe that hard copy is good because if you're sitting let's suppose on a sunday morning and you've got the new york times or the moscow times or chicago tribune or houston chronicle if you're sitting and you have a cup of coffee and maybe you have some background music on Bach or Beethoven or Vivaldi, I like Vivaldi, and you've got the newspaper and you settle into a favorite chair, maybe you have a cat that wanders by and sits near your legs or you have a little blanket on your lap in the winter time. there's something very vis- visceral i mean physical about reading a newspaper. And just turning the pages and looking at the um, photos and, oh, my goodness, there's a crossword puzzle. Let me just pick up my pen, work, work the crossword word puzzle and pen. And uh, I have a friend who lives here in Dallas who is the uh, current owner of Vivian Watson, which is a high-end design uh, store. And I met him at Whole Foods uh, Highland Park and I was wandering around, and uh, at that time, one of our subscribers, David Anton, was employed there, and I saw this fellow with a real newspaper and a a pen and a cup of coffee, and you can get coffee and sandwiches and stuff and sit in this little cafe area, and I saw him with a pen working at at a crossword puzzle, and I just paused, because I talk to strangers all the time you know a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet um I go you're working a crossword puzzle <laughs> and he looked up at me he had glasses on and kind of you know shaggy hair a very interesting fellow wearing like a tweed jacket he goes well yes in fact I am I go and you're working it with pen he says yes I I like to make to make a commitment to my choices I thought this is a person I need to meet. So uh, he works crossword puzzles methodically. He does number one down, then number two down, and number three down, or what you know. He, he works it methodically, but I work crossword puzzles shotgun. Do you know what that means?
1: No, I mean, I have an idea, but do explain.
0: Well, let's suppose he has something that's he's already written it down and then there's a cross near it and the middle initial that he has in there is a u and there's two open letters on the side of it i know that word's got to begun. okay so what i do is i take the clues from what's there and just work around them so we occasionally i was in the whole foods on sundays because i lived about four blocks away at that time you know, I would be puttering around. He goes, would you like to do some crossword? I go, sure. So I would come over and he would say how interesting it was that I had that approach. And I said, I found it so interesting that you're so methodical. But he is trained as an architect. He's a very talented architect, Uh, went to the University of Texas in Austin and he does fabulous drawings for like, just like very, very high end accounts in Texas and in New York and Arizona. And you know he he's very much committed to design and to his principles. And you know I, I admire him as as a human being.
1: You know, I've been drawing for some years now. And by the way, I liked how you said that the stranger is just a friend you have never met yet. Uh, I, I have to remember that. And uh, anyway, uh, I don't know how people can draw. I tried to I've been drawing you know, a few years ago when we met at Google Plus. And uh, I, uh, but still, that was uh, such a simple and uh, unsophisticated drawings. And some people just they close their eyes or they keep them open, and they really draw what they imagine, and that fascinates me a lot.
0: Well, um, when I was in high school, I lived in Germany, and I took an art class, and we had this kind of sleazy art art. Uh, teacher who would take us on field trips on Saturday, and in Germany, you know, there's no drinking age. So my uh, best friend was a a girl a girl named Bev Beverly, and she was so talented. She like you know, you know his name was the guy's name was Martin. That was his last name. That's interesting because we have a Martin also. Okay, so anyhow. Uh, Mr. Martin was the art teacher, and if you wanted to go on a Saturday field trip, you got the field trip form. Your parents had to sign it. Your parents drop you off at the school at nine o'clock. Your parents come back and pick you up at five in the afternoon, or whenever the field trip is over. They they sign a release form in case you fall down. That you know it's not his fault that you fell down on a cobblestone street. But Mr. Martin would t- would take us on these field trips. So. Uh, Bev and I lived on the same street. Her dad was a full colonel. My dad was a lieutenant colonel. And so we used to go on these field trips, which was great because we could drink and we could eat sandwiches and we were like completely unsupervised. And you know, it, was, it was great to be a teenager in Germany. But she could draw, like she could just sit there and draw a tree with a bird sitting in it and the sky. And she knew how to like shade the sky so the clouds look realistic and she could draw like a, co- a cobblestone uh, street with a little table on the side and a couple people sitting there drinking beer. She was, she had like a, such a great eye, such a great eye for, for design. And there's different elements in design. There's like, you know, line and depth and color, like there's seven principles of design, but she was just like so talented. And she was very unassuming and kind of quiet and you know, I had freckles. Anyhow, I I was very serious, very very serious. I've been too serious for too long. I and mean, I was I think I was born serious, but uh, I would just sit there and I like, sort of like stare at things. And I just glance over to her tablet. She'd already like draw the cobblestones and shading and the the dang clouds. And I'm just like thinking like, what do I want to draw? And I just looked at the picture in front of me, that like the reality. And I thought I like that one. There's two folding chairs at a cafe table. I'm going to try to draw those two chairs, but a folding chair is difficult to draw because you have to deal with negative space. So like I I would get wrapped up in these like intellectual conversations, uh, at, <laughs> in my head, and she he she would say like, well, why don't you go ahead and start, you know. <laughs> We've been sitting there for like eight minutes. You know, she's already got a lot of stuff sketched out. I go, I'm just really trying to figure out what to start. And she goes, just start anywhere. And uh, she was much more kind of in the zone. She would just sit there and get her pencils out and just like start start to work. And I had to like sit there and decide, And then, oh, I, have to, I don't want this pencil. It needs to be softer lid. No, I, I want a different tablet. So you know, it would always take me like, you know, 15 minutes to like, put the pen other uh, put the uh you know pencil to the to the paper. But my mother was really great. Um uh, she signed me up for some private art classes uh, through the officers club. There were these different things you could sign up your kids for. So there was a drawing class and I remember uh my mother and I went, I think it was taught by a German woman. She was like so amazing! I, I wanted to grow up and be her. She was kind of dressed, I guess you call it, kind of like a beatnik. That's what they would call it back then. You know, like black leggings and a black turtleneck, and she had like a cigarette holder and all this art on her wall. And I kept thinking like, well, that's what I want to be when I grow up. This this woman. But we would go to her apartment, and maybe there would be like you know three moms and like four students, and we just sit around on her amazing furniture and like. She had a cat wandering by. And I remember that she cleared off a table and then she set on the table one chair. So, most people, they were doing like still life, like, you know, bowls with fruits in it. Like, you know, how many dang pictures do we need of like bowls of fruit? But she put this uh, folding chair on the top of a table and she said, Today, we're going to draw the absence of the chair. Now remember, there was no drugs involved in this activity, but I was just sitting there like, you know, in high school, like, okay, we're going to draw the absence of the chair. And then she just took her hand and she went to the chair and she said, look, between these two slots, that's like a rectangle. And she traced it on, her, on the chair and see down here where the legs are crossed. Those are two triangles. So she actually taught me the concept of negative space, and then I don't know, three, four weeks later, I was on a field trip with the art teacher at school, and like I said, my friend Bev could just sit there and just start drawing, and she knew how to shade. She she just had so much innate talent. It was like, it was like amazing. Well, just one more thing about Bev, Uh, you know, we. Grew apart. We, we wrote letters for a while. Then we grew up and became adults. And um, I don't know, maybe like about 10 years ago, I kept thinking, I wonder whatever happened to her. And so I searched around online. And um, do you know what she grew up to be? What? Okay, she has amazing ability in art. And now it's like, you know, 20 years later. What What was her profession? Uh
1: Designer?
0: Yeah, she's a medical I'll illustrator. She did illustrations for medical uh, textbooks.
1: Oh, she draws human's body.
0: The the medical illustrations in the like uh, when the medical students look at their textbook, it's not just the stomach, but the stomach is spliced, and we see this this muscle and that muscle, and where the bile drips out and the esophagus. So she she was a medical illustrator, and actually. I mean you have to be good to make money in art it's 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 not easy to uh to make money in the world of art but i thought wow you know she's a medical illustrator what am i doing it's like oh i'm a teacher okay
1: <laughs> you said negative space and somehow hit me uh, i just imagined the, sh- the chair i mean imagine no chair just the space around it uh, uh the shape of yeah. the space i don't know around, around the chair uh or shade exactly. i don't know I, I, that's an yeah maybe i should try to do that too
0: yeah and uh, like what you can do is just like draw the the space around it and let's suppose that you feel that the space around it is blue and green then you can just shade can use you can use, i would i would use uh colored yeah. pencils and just shade it in uh we have another subscriber lydia who lives in germany and she um uh, she when she was younger she was a dancer a professional uh i know it sounds strange you know kind of an exotic belly dancer and and like gave lessons and took lessons and was quite quite well known very very talented woman and then this that and the other happened and she got out of dancing and um i guess i've known lydia for i don't know five six years she lives in ulm, ulm germany i think and she does digital art, so she sits at a computer and works out her idea, and then just does, you know does her uh, art dig- digitally. And uh, also another one of our subscribers I mentioned him, Mark Stevens, who has his channel, Mark's Station, you know YouTube videos about uh, trains all over the Great Lake, Lakes area of the United States. He got sort of inspired i think by a couple other artists that we know in common and he decided he was going to try to do digital art and i think i mentioned to you a year or two ago that he had seen in his dream this girl appeared to him in his dream and he was very fascinated by this girl in a dream and he i said well did you know her is she somebody you know from the past or you know has she shown up in the real world and he goes no but you know just like stuck in his mind. And he said, well, maybe I'll try to draw her. So he, about two years ago, started drawing this girl. I think her name was Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A. He gave her a name. And then he has, about every two months, he does a little drawing of uh, Alyssa and he uses uh, digital, digital art. So sometimes Alyssa is sitting on her bed with a cat and a little red and black blanket, sometimes she's standing by window, and he started superimposing, put on the background a real photo of the trees and looking out of his living room window, and then he'll like superimpose upon that the digital drawing of Alyssa as if she's um, standing in his front room, and I call that, I would call it like photo montage, but Anyhow, what what are we talking about?
1: <laughs> uh, the, the subjects of Germany come up very often in our conversation. I don't know why, probably because we have uh, shared some experience about it or something else. But uh, you said Martin. I thought, Martin, isn't a German name? No, probably Irish or, or I don't know. But then again, I somehow I skipped to Brother Grimm's fairy tales. Uh, I think they were Germans. And I know my mind wandered aimlessly and uh, all these... A Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella fairy tales came to mind, uh, and then I thought, uh, what about Red Red Riding Hood? And then uh, uh, that probably wasn't uh, by brothers written by brothers green And while you were talking, I was listening to you and uh, simultaneously thinking, uh, what was I thinking? I don't know what I was thinking. You were about thinking maybe
0: that. we should do an episode on fairy tales. I mean, I would love to do that. Yeah, also, uh, uh, we have several different writers. <laughs> the the one that most people know be the brothers Grimm, g-r-i-m-m and then there's also hans christian Andersen, who is also a writer of fairy tales and then we have aesop uh who who uh you know the tortoise and the rabbit they're you know having their little race is it better to go slow and steady or to race out there like a rabbit but uh Yeah, we we have uh, some German, uh, I lived in Germany and I I don't know if you have visited Germany, but, uh, you know, there's lots of trains in Germany, there's lots of art in Germany and uh, uh, there's a lot of different synchronistic connections through Patroma therapy. Um, I had mentioned that Martin, who originally was from Argentina uh, is living up in Oregon. And April, who is a florist, is also interested in, in synchronicity. And I don't know if Martin has his own channel or not, but he he's some kind of like wizard or Jungian therapist or something like that. But I, I do think that fairy tales contain some truth. And you might say everything you know is wrong. Because, you know, we we think, oh, well, I, I better go to Google to find out how to do this, or I better go, I better go to I better Google this to figure it out. Like we would never most people would never think, let me read a fairy tale and see if there's any wisdom in the fairy tale. I mean, I have a friend that lives here in Dallas, and he wanted to uh <laughs> to wake up earlier in the morning. So I mean, you know. I would think well why don't you put it on an alarm clock or why don't you set your phone? He said, "Well, I'm going to Google it." And I kept thinking that was such a ridiculous waste of time. Like if you just want to wake up, set an alarm clock, set the the, the button on your phone. But he, you know, he found me to be very um uh, critical. That that made him mad. <laughs> And then I also made him mad because I said, I, c- I can wake myself up. He was, what do you mean? I go, I can tell my, I used to do this. I used to do this, uh, tell myself what time I need to wake up. I used to practice this, like, I want to get up before seven. I need to be up before seven. I need to be up before seven. I need to be up before seven. And this was be. I wasn't using a phone all the time, like right now my phone is always with me everywhere. So I didn't have like blue light from the phone, you know, destroying my brain. And I would just put my hands on my stomach and lay on my back and drift off to sleep. And somehow I slept peacefully through the night. This was some years ago. And I would wake up and it would be like 10 to seven, you know, seven minutes to seven. And I just wrote it down in a little journal just to see it, how crazy it was, but uh, I'm not doing that now. Uh, Now I wake up when the sun comes through this back window and I just look at the back window. I go, oh, there's some light out there. It must be morning. What do you do to wake up in the morning?
1: nothing i just if you sleep with the windows open and they uh, don't have any shades and uh, when the light comes in you just wake up
0: yeah and, i think that's uh, called circadian rhythms right
1: i don't know maybe hey is mark is mark okay i remember we i uh, tried to record an episode a few years ago and we even i think we tried not we tried we did record the episode i remember him he was interested in trains and had lots of uh uh, to, lots to tell about them, and I was kind of envy, because um, when I was a little kid, I was interested in uh, car models, little cars, you know, like, um, but uh, never actually uh, made it to uh, above when I was uh, grown up already, uh, and this, my fascination somehow has gone, but uh, Mark is still, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mark is still emerged.
0: Well, we, uh, you know, we, we're now here in April of 2023, but two years ago, we have uh, four different seasons of 25 episodes each of Patroma Therapy, and Mark was was actually our first guest on Patroma Therapy, and, and he is quite a knowledgeable fellow, and he's a very good speaker, and uh, yeah, Mark's doing fine. I actually invited Mark to come to Dallas last year, somehow randomly or providentially or synchronistically. I open up my LinkedIn uh, account, which I never go to. I, I used to use it all the time, about like 10 years ago. But I opened up my LinkedIn account and somebody has invited me to this train conference that's being held in Dallas. And I kept thinking, well, that's kind of weird. Like haven't even looked at my LinkedIn account in over a year and there's a whole bunch of messages from different people i used to teach with or some former student or something and i get this message from George Blount and it's like we would love to have you come to our conference it's going to be held at the Hotel Zaza or something and you know may i send you more information it was just so weird because I was at the time, you know, frequently talking with Mark through the world of MeWe about what he was doing. And and so I said, Mark, you know, so I, I had his phone number. I said, can I call you? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, you're not going to believe this, but somehow I've been invited to this train conference. He goes, well, where is it? I go, it's in Dallas. I go, why don't you get a I said, once you get a train ticket and ride the Amtrak down to Dallas and you can stay in Dallas for like five days. You can, I have a couple of guy friends. You can go sleep on their couch and uh, we can go to the train conference. He goes, well, I don't know them. I go, well, do you want to go to a hotel and spend money? He goes, no. But anyhow, so I talked to George and like, I don't know, the tickets were like $350 for a ticket. But if you wanted to go to the preview party, it was free. So I go, Mark, I talked to George, he's going to let us set up a table, and we're going to tell people we're writing a book about trains. He goes, we are writing a book about trains. I go, well, just, you know, go to a playground and look around for money on the playground, get a ticket and come to Dallas. But what happened was uh, we ended up not going because they moved it from Hotel Zaza to this other huge convention center because the pandemic had canceled the train convention for two years, and it wasn't just a train convention, it was like a Southwest regional train convention, which was full of, okay, I'm just gonna say this, it was just full of men. It was men that, uh, politician, mainly men, politicians, lawyers, landowners, uh, ranchers, uh, cotton cotton producers, oil men, uh, people in um, economists. I thought, holy moly, you know, let's, let's just, let me just go, even if Mark couldn't come. And it was right up off of Highway 75, off of 635. And I was going to go and I talked to George and I said, hey, can I just have like a a little side table, and I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm going like Mark was gonna provide all the historic information. I was gonna talk about trains and literature and music, so I was gonna talk about um, you know so many famous novels that have trains in them, and then also train songs like by Johnny Cash and all these other people, and then he goes, Oh yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we'll set you up. Like, what size table do you need? And it just like kept everything just kept going right, and then this one person that was gonna drive me there ended up going out of town or something. And the whole, like, I thought, <coughs> or let me ask you this. What do you think, how many people are going to be at a cocktail party of a train convention in Dallas? Just just tell me, tell me a number, how many people you think are going to be there? A
1: um, couple of
0: hundred? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking ah, maybe, you know, three, four hundred people. Yeah. They were like, 3,500 people registered. That means those MFers paid $350 to go to the convention. And they were staying in these big hotels and they all had cars. And And then I looked at the, I, I got the, some of the last minute directions. They had closed off two exits on the freeway. So they had, they, they were also in conjunction with TxDOT. So like the highway system they, and they had police that had blocked off, like at a funeral. I don't know what they do where you live, but for funerals, you know, the, you get a police escort and they'll stop traffic so the hearse can go by. So, this convention was so big that the, the Texas State Highway Department provided police to shut off two or three exits. And it was held in this huge facility in several buildings. And you couldn't park near the building. You had to valet from some dang shuttle. It was so big that that I began to feel somewhat intimidated. And besides, I didn't have any new business cards. And I tried to get a couple friends to go with me. I go, can you go with me to this? Like, there's free drinks. And this one person said, I'm just going to stay home and drink here. But... uh it was huge, and and I and it, it takes place in April. It's probably it's probably just passed again this year. And I just told Mark, I said, just keep writing your book. So he he and I are continuing to develop material for this book, and uh, I like the title Mark Station. So when we put our book out, it's going to be called Mark Station. You know, written by you know Mark Stevens II and contributions by me and editing by me. So. Um, yeah like that's a lot of people talking about trains and land and politics and economics and wow
1: the convention i thought that and that you were given a business card or maybe you've given your business card are they still valid and relevant nowadays because i haven't used one you just use email but there are so beautiful business cards made like with the laser engraving and stuff i thought i would you know, made my, would have made myself few stuff, few things, but uh um,
0: Yeah, and also uh, if we like get, whatever. if we'll we'll design it, and then we'll get like a laminated plastic thing that we can put on the side of our cars, and we drive around, and we can get like a tax write off because it's a business car.
1: Hey, you can make a therapy business card or no sticker, bumper sticker, or something else.
0: Of course, and drive well. And write
1: the Texas uh, <laughs> just... Well,
0: yeah, yeah, like. We're going to mail them to Mark, and Mark's going to drive around Minnesota, and we're going to mail it to Doug, and we're going to mail it to Lydia.
1: <laughs> we can mail it. Actually, you can mail it all around the world because it's not heavy, it's small, and I'm sure, I'm sure you can send it to whatever you want.
0: Well, you know, um, actually, a couple of years ago, uh, I have a business here in Dallas, and it, it was originally called Garetti Design. So it's a G and a D. And then this friend of mine, Alex, and I uh, went, he he found a company online that designs business cards. You have to answer like eight questions and they design it for you and you choose two and then you pay for one. So I said, I want it to look like Coco Chanel, uh, it should be black, it needs to be, a speci- I wanted it to look like this Coco Chanel thing. And then I wanted uh, a certain script and I want a certain size for the letters. And then I wanted something specific on the back. I wanted my name in the left corner as the owner. And then Alex put his name in the right the right corner. I go, well, what, what do you want your title to be? He goes, well, I don't want you to write down Art Helper. I go, what do you want me to write? King? King of Art? He said, well, you don't have to be sarcastic. So <laughs> we just wrote Director of Marketing. But... If you have a business card in Dallas, if you don't have a business card, that means you're no one, you can't even afford $30 for a damn business card. People don't take you seriously. So in Dallas, in the art, music, real estate, land, cotton, political world, you need a business card.
1: Yeah, I remember that back in the day, like business cards were the beginning and the end of any relations or networking and sharing contact information. But lately, I don't know. Uh, It's so digitalized, and uh,
0: but people are still into paper. People are still into books, and people still like to read newspapers. Like people are hungry for physical contact. We don't want to just be like a disembodied being, you know. I I mean, I I went to this what? All right. I went to this art party in uptown about four or five years ago. And it was at this Hotel Zaza, this like have beautiful art. Like everybody smells great, looks great. They stay there from around the world. Just like thousands of beautiful women and amazing men. It's like, you know, there are no ugly people there, as I say. So anyhow, I went to this party. It was an art party. And I decided I'm only going to take, I wore this like long, uh, light green paisley dress with a little tiny, pieces of purple, and I I don't know if I wore my Stetson or if I had my hair tied up or something, but, you know, it's like a roll-up in my beat-up Toyota and hand the keys to the valet, and he, like, kind of rolls his eyes. I go, thank you, my good man. Drives the Toyota away, and I thought, I'm only bringing two business cards. I'm going to bring one for business and one for pleasure. (laughs) So um, I thought I would find one person there that I was interested in as a human being, then I would find one person that I wanted to give my card to that would be related to the art world. Okay. Like I could have used like probably like 50 cards. There was the people there were fabulous. So I'm standing there. I see this tall guy in a dark suit with no tie, you know, just really tall, had like cool hair. I kept thinking, well, he's pretty amazing. And then uh, I'm standing there and someone else is talking and this guy's next to me. I'm just sort of staying there. He goes, hi there. I go, hi. He goes, do you know who I am? I go, I don't know. You're guys standing there holding a drink. What are you drinking? He goes, I'm drinking vodka, cranberry. I go, yeah, I don't like vodka. He goes, you don't know who I am? I go, no, I don't know. You're just a guy standing there holding a drink. He goes, I'm the bachelor. I'm on the bachelor. I go, oh, congratulations. So <laughs> he was fascinated by the fact that I, Know he goes, Well, do you know what the Bachelor is? I go, Yeah, it's a TV program that like shallow, empty, meaningless people watch. He goes, Wow, thanks for just like flattening me. He goes, What are you drinking? I said, uh, Drinking a bourbon smash. He goes, Wow, you really don't know who I am. I go, No, but you know, you have a nice jawline, <laughs> just walked away from him. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that. I kind of enjoyed that. And then I went over and I was, and I thought, well, this is just all full of idiots. Maybe I'll just go. And then I walked by this other fellow. His name is Arturo Moreno. So there's an older fellow named Arturo Romano. Ro- Arturo, oh my gosh, I'm blocking. Okay, well, anyhow, there's this, there's this one, Moreno. He sells real estate. And, um, you know the commercials of the guy who oh remember let me go there so anyhow, so anyhow, I kind of walk by. He goes, "Oh, hello there." I go, "Hello." He said, "I saw you looking at me. I go, oh, okay, i I saw you looking at me." He goes, "But you were looking at me." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, could I get your number?" I go, well, what are you going to do with it? He goes, well, maybe I'd call you. I go, well, what will we talk about? Why don't you just tell me right now? (laughs) And then some other guy was standing there going like, God, this place is just full of these women that are just like kicking everyone's balls. And I said, excuse me? So then the guy just wandered off with me, and he said, no, you seem like really interesting. Anyhow, he has a television show called Noche de Media, and he's a judge in... uh, for Hispanic beauty pageants, and he had his own uh, television program. And then I gave him my card, and then we kind of started talking, and I said, well, would you like to meet? He goes, well, could we meet sometime? I go, okay, well, would you like to drink coffee? He says he does, doesn't do coffee. I go, well, I don't, he goes, well, where do you live? I go, I live around White Rock Lake. He goes, well, he lives in like Frisco or someplace. I go, well, i am go north of Highway 635. So anyhow, uh, Anyhow, business cards, business cards are necessary. Necessary. Uh, maybe, it's just,
1: maybe it's just me who's getting digi- digitalized more than others. And, um, but the rest of us, or, of you, <laughs> are still um, like the physical contact. Well, so I just, when the beginning started, uh, when the pandemic started, uh, they told us to wash your hands and uh, never touch your face. And I never touched my face for like, uh, I don't know, a month. And the physical contacts <laughs> make me uncomfortable now. Uh, although I've always loved a hug, or no, I wasn't too shy to show affection with Pat on the back. But, did uh, you, did, uh, yeah, did now it, it makes me uncomfortable. I keep a social distance, although it's getting a little bit closer now than it was a year ago. Yeah.
0: But wait, uh, what about your face? Myos, and, I don't know. You didn't touch your face for a month? <laughs> what or does about, that mean? Uh,
1: I, I, you it? didn't have to. It was uh, absolutely necessary not to touch your face because the um, COVID-19 uh, infection could um, somehow, uh, you know, be transmitted from your hands or tip of your fingers to whatever part of your face you touched. I, I well, don't know. Just... It was such an idiocy at the beginning. There were so many stupid.
0: Uh, I would well, I'd like to refer you and our audience back to the title of this episode. Everything you know is wrong. So <laughs> I have a daughter. Is that how a daughter. Our
1: episode, okay. Sorry, that's
0: just... the name of that's the name of this episode. Everything you know is wrong, with the word mm. wrong half lies, or in bold. So I, anyhow, I t- I you know I I sell art. And I'm a writer, and I I, I didn't want to go out because everything was closed, and I kept sitting here thinking, well, how am I going to make money? So I was just doing online editing and online resumes and online writing. So I made money, you know, online. But I'm Talk to my daughter and I go, well, what am I going to do? She goes, well, just wash your hands and, you know, try not to go to too many different places. I go, well, you know, everything it says on the news, it's like, says, don't touch your face. Like, don't do this and don't talk to people and don't breathe and wear your mask, but wear two masks. She goes, well, that's just hype. I go, well, how do you know that? She goes, well, you know, remember when I was in medical school and I I did infectious diseases. So I had to go into rooms where that were like highly, highly contagious and she said i just wore my hazmat suit i said you have a hazmat suit you didn't tell me you were going into to rooms that were infectious she goes well i didn't show you my hazmat suit because you would like freak out i go i'm freaking out now but but uh i just remember uh that i decided i would when I would get my groceries, I'd bring them upstairs and I would throw the bags away. And I would, I had like a solution of bleach in a spray bottle, bleach and water. And I would spray down the cans. I would spray down the bottles. I would wash the vegetables, peel the vegetables. I would walk in and wash my hands with soap. And I didn't have the, the, I didn't keep the trash in the house. I would immediately take it outside. But, you know... Everything every, we keep learning more and more things about the pandemic, and there's a new variant. It's called what Ancanthus or something or Archotopter.
1: I stopped following. I, I know there is one, but I don't Are think Are you touching your face now? <laughs> to the excess. <laughs> Do you think there is a difference uh, between, I mean, I know there's difference between being right and being wrong, but is there any difference between? in not being wrong and being right for instance
0: that's not a question right, or, Since what's I'll the question?
1: a question
0: <laughs> when you put the question in a question form is there a difference between right and wrong? is there a demarcation? am I doing wrong?
1: it wrong? am I doing it wrong? What? or doing it right? Bething
0: your face? <laughs> Bething...
1: <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with you? or right with me? am I wrong or am I right?